Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Goodwill Meditation Group webinar. Today is November 24th, and we are so glad to have all of you joining us here today. Before we begin, let us take just a moment and link up together as a group and sound the mantra of the new group of world servers. May the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers. May the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the great ones. May we fulfill our part in the one work through self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. So once again, everyone, welcome to the Goodwill Meditation Group webinar. We meet here today to take part in a group meditation on goodwill, as all of you know. We also meet here to discuss some of the difficulties and problems that humanity faces. Goodwill, as many of us realize, is an energy which exists wherever the heart, the mind, and the hand are allied towards the common good. And our work here today seeks to empower the human heart and the human mind towards the fulfillment of this good, no matter what form of expression it takes. Goodwill is a bridging energy. It is a creative energy, and it brings human relationships into alignment with divine intention. Goodwill is a common theme in all moral precepts, regardless of doctrine or religion, and so carries with it a sense of universality that respects differences, and this is much needed in our world today. This Goodwill Meditation Group meets um, every Wednesday at noon in your local time zone. We invite all of you to link up on your own and to use the Goodwill Meditation and to support the work of this group. This webinar meets on the final Wednesday of each month, seeks to support the weekly work of the group and also to introduce new members to its work. So today I'm here with my colleagues, uh, Steve Nation from our New York headquarters, Mince Vanderveld from our Geneva headquarters and Simon Marlowe from our headquarters in London. And after our meditation today, they will be sharing some insights and reflections on the theme of our recent Goodwill seminar, which took place earlier this month. That theme is imagination 
and social regeneration. This, so this theme, this year's seminar theme um, on imagination and social regeneration, it sought to examine the relationship between humanity and the future which humanity um, is seeking to create. The seminar, which took place in all three of our headquarters, um, included speakers from many varied fields of human endeavor. This included trauma counseling, biography work, education, government, the international NGO community, amongst others. And all of these speakers also hailed from different spiritual traditions. And this together resulted in a very multifaceted examination of the theme. Imagination is from the esoteric angle, uh, sometimes referred to as the seed of the intuition. This very um, evocative explanation or definition of the, of the imagination is um, really highlights that it is key to the achievement of humanity's highest spiritual potential. We are familiar with the axiom that energy follows thought if the vision which humanity today is um, seeking to build can be sustained, it will inevitably work out. This creative process, as we know, occurs through the imagination, that vision of what humanity can and desires to be. From the angle of social evolution, imagination is the means of visioning that which can be. It grants hope, it charts a way forward, and it brings beauty into every corner of human living. The imagination is a particularly human quality and one which humanity today is rapidly learning to harness. Today, in the midst of the many crises which humanity is facing, the idea of social regeneration may seem difficult of achievement but it is in times of crisis that spiritual opportunity is greatest. Thus, and as many people today realize, today is the time that is ripe um, to make fundamental changes in human relationships, in consciousness, and to lay the foundations for humanity's very lighted future. So with this in mind, let us now um, commence our meditation on goodwill. Link up in thought with all those people throughout the world who are working in this Goodwill Meditation Group.
reflect upon the fact of relationship. You are related to your family. Your community. Your nation. The world of nations. The one humanity composed of all races and nations. Sound the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal and not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail, let all people love. Reflect upon your own and humanity's relationship with all those beings who dwell in the higher realms of mind and heart. This is the spiritual hierarchy of saints Rishis, Bodhisattvas, and Masters honored by all the worlds, religions, and spiritual groups.
Imagine that you are standing together within the center of the spiritual hierarchy, immersed in the consciousness of the heart of love. For some, this heart of love is known as the Christ. Other faiths have other names for the one at the center. Maintaining that high point of contact, let your thoughts reach out to include all members of the human family in whom the energy of goodwill is active. Silently use the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the energy of love flowing from the hierarchy 
through the men and women of goodwill and into the hearts and minds of all people, infusing them with goodwill and creating loving and harmonious human relationships. Meditate on ways of spreading goodwill, creating right human relationships, and restoring peace on earth.
realize that you are helping to build a channel between the spiritual hierarchy and humanity through which the energy of goodwill may flow, uniting humanity, solving its problems, and healing all differences in cleavages. linking in thought with men and women of goodwill all over the world, sound together the great invocation. Sound it with deliberation and full commitment to its meaning, knowing that you are radiating its potent energies to humanity. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Oh.
Thank you, everyone. So I, I now like to invite my colleague, Minsa Vanderveld, to unmute yourself and turn on your uh, microphone. Hi, Minsa, are you there? Oh, hello, Michael. Thank you very much. And hello, everybody. Good morning or good evening, depending on where you are. Thank you very much for this very nice introduction and very fine uh, meditation. I want just to share a few thoughts about the World Goodwill Seminar uh, we had in Geneva. That seminar started at 10 o'clock European time, so unless you are an early bird for our friends in the Americas, it was a bit early. But you can see the video recordings of the event on our World Goodwill website. It's very easy to find. They are still uh, on one of the first pages. We had here in Geneva the pleasure to host two good speakers, Korsia Joubert of the Pocket Project, who spoke about collective trauma and healing and social generation, and Felix Turan, a Spanish co-worker who talked about creativity and individual vision for social gen generation. Whereas Felix was talking about an individual path in life, Korsia was talking mostly about collective projects where collective would mean a country, a community, or a group of people, even though at times individual trauma was addressed too. The nice thing was that in both talks, concentration and meditation were center stage. We start each of these World Goodwill webinars, as Michael just did a few minutes ago, with the World Goodwill meditation. That meditation formed the backbone of our work, of our goodwill work, and of our webinars. And even though the meditation is quite simple, it, its importance cannot be emphasized enough. To go a little bit into the talks of our speakers, Felix Turan, he combines a career as an author, a coach, and a speaker with a job as a technical engineer at the European Space Agency. He has a master in physics. He gave a very clear and practical talk on concentration and meditation, constantly emphasizing that meditation should always be accompanied by its implementation in daily life and in service to humanity. These were really the keynotes of his talk. Through concentration and meditation, we quiet the rational mind which is a receptor of, of a continuous flow of all kinds of mental thoughts so that the voice of the intuition can be heard. In the words of Felix, if one new person starts to meditate, this helps already to save the world a little bit more. We had the privilege of Korsha Joubert that she was at the COP conference, but before going in that, let me tell a little bit more about where Korsha comes from. She has been working uh, in um, a lot of um, uh, ecological communities. She has been part of the Eco Village Net, the, the World Eco Village Network, but she now works in the Pocket Project. The Pocket Project is a spin off of a movement set up by, um, uh, by uh, Thomas Hubel, which is 
focusing on collective trauma. Of course, we know trauma already in quite a number of contexts, but maybe not so much in a collective sense. And uh, a few years ago, or maybe a decade ago, they are more focusing on that. And the movement of, of Thomas Hubel organizes huge events where even thousands of people come together, of course, now through Zoom, to address questions of collective trauma. Just to give you an idea, we here in Europe, we live in countries which have been touched deeply by the Second World War. And although, including myself, many people have not uh, witnessed that Second World War because we were born later, the countries themselves still have traumas of that war. And if these traumas, if these disturbances are not processed, then they will perpetuate in the next generation and the next generation and so on. So in a way, there are traumas which we are not really aware of unless we really look at them. And from then, we can help and try to, to find a solution or to heal them. So that's where the pocket project which is a spin-off, as I said, of this Thomas Hubel movement, uh, is stepping in. And they have uh, many projects in many parts of the world. Um, and uh, if you look at the video, you also will have a link to the website of the Pocket Project, where you can find much more information. We had the very great privilege that Korsha was live at the COP26 conference in Glasgow. For Korsha, meditation was a major topic too. She witnessed that many high-level people present at the COP were open to meditation if they were not already practicing it. The next day after the, the World Goodwill Seminar, there would be a meditation session at the COP with high-level negotiators organized by the Tich Nhat Hanh community, just as an example. Korsha witnessed that at the COP there was clarity of intention, yet that was not enough. Listening to the urgency of the time, the immediate need of smaller communities or islands at risk of completely disappearing, was not very present. To both speakers in the discussion afterwards, the, discussion, the question was asked, what do they what they, their thoughts were about imagination in the sense of visualizing something that became a reality in real life. For both speakers, imagination was a powerful tool. Felix Duran visualized in his dreams as a young boy that he would be working at a space agency, possibly as an astronaut. Well, the astronaut part didn't work out but he now works effectively at the European Space Agency. For Korsha, imagination is part of the puzzle, as she said it, going from one step in daily life to the next one. So it's a continuous flow. For her, listening was more important. Listening to other people in order to find one's own place in the web of life. And of course, goodwill was the overall governing energy in all of this process. 
Korsha concluded the discussion we had here in Geneva by pointing out some of the areas in which uh, more attention is needed. One is the role of women in society. Another one is the value of indigenous people. The role of young people, which often are left a bit like a token on the edge. And finally, the language of the heart. Something which we with Will Goodwill, as Michael said in his talk, can resonate with. And finally, she said, there's much to be done, not only by our governments, but also by each one of us. That's about what I would like to share here from Geneva. Is Michael still there? Hi, sorry about that, Mensa. I'm okay, here. no yep. problem. I, I missed the last thing you said. I had to set my headphones down for a moment. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I just finished with some conclusions from, from Korsha okay. uh, of our discussion, which we had here in, in Geneva. So I think we can go to... Great, yep. We're going to go to Simon Marlowe then. Simon, are you there? Have you got me? Yep, we can hear you. Great, can you see me? Yes, we can see you as well. Oh. Um, well, the London part of the Social Regeneration webinar had three presentations. In the first part, Joseph Murphy talked so beautifully about his Grace Works project in Leicester in England, and Richmond Msawaya presented his imaginative and successful economic empowerment projects in Malawi. This was followed later by Daniel Val, who talked about the need to remember the pattern that connects. Now, the first two presentations reminded us how important is a healthy and optimistic imagination. For some people, imagination equals fantasy. In other words, it's unrealistic. Yet for people whose hearts are open to needs and opportunities from the level of their local communities all the way up to the needs of the world as a whole, the imagination is a crucial factor in producing the right sort of change. Perhaps we could just briefly note here that the imagination isn't necessarily always a positive thing. Through fear, it can focus on the apocalyptic and the terrible too. And it seems to me that much of humanity's emotional thought life today is conditioned by these sorts of dire forebodings made worse by nurtured fears. And it's good to put this into perspective by remembering what Mark, Mark Twain once said, something like, in my life, there have been many terrible things, most of which never happened. This reminds me too of something that David Spangler once pointed out. The best prophets are the false ones. They paint such an accurate picture of a future negative possibility that people take another path and the predicted event is avoided. As usual, it's our motives that are crucial. 
and all the speakers really illustrated how important the motive a genuine goodwill is. Goodwill turns it can't be done into why not, here's how. Just as nature is creative, so we human beings as part of nature are also gifted with extraordinary creative potential. We just have to unlock it. And let's remember that when we talk about nature, we're not just referring to what we normally call the natural world, the biosphere. There are inner worlds too, the worlds of thought and feeling. And then there's the word of the soul as well, from which, if only we will let it, the energies of divine grace can flow into our hearts and minds and show us a new direction and point out the ways to travel there. So I especially liked how Joseph Murphy linked his project to an overt spirituality with the name grace. The word grace, of course, has deeply religious associations, but just as the barriers are dissolving between all the disciplines, fields of interest and ways of thinking in the human kingdom, the energy which we call grace can be seen to flow into human consciousness in every circumstance. Perhaps it would be good and healthy us to imagine humanity becoming graceful. What a lovely word and an even lovelier idea. Another important reflection that I'd like to share is how much more people everywhere around the world are thinking, really thinking things through. And where there is clear thought, so much good can come. But where thought is muddied with emotional reaction, it can so easily become twisted into a disintegrative force. And I think we can see this happening all over the world where lack of spiritual discrimination is resurrecting old barriers, old nationalisms, old hatreds. In contrast, goodwill is essentially internationalist. And goodwill is not just latent in the heart, but bubbling to the surface in so many people all around the world. Despite what some prime ministers say, we are now in reality world citizens, all of us, except perhaps the majority don't know it yet. David Vall pointed out how in the past, life made our planet more abundant for everyone through our collaboration with it and each other, not through competition and exploitation. Abundance came through the feeling of belonging to place, People were expressions of place rather than owners of it, he said. And the way to the future, he said, is to regenerate this ethos. It seems to me that the disconnect he highlighted that exists between people and nature is because of one of the problems of the intellect, the mind, the sense of separateness. With imagination, which is the gift of the soul, we can reincorporate this ethos into a humanity which will be made new by the process. When we override the separativeness of the mind with the wholeness of the heart, we make a beautiful gift to the world. On the subject of gifts, the pandemic, usually regarded as a terrible plague, has wonderful upsides. For me, one of its great gifts has been a reawakening of millions of people to the value and healing power of the natural world. It's also on a large scale led to the sense of responsibility that we all have to nurture nature. In fact, it was one of the lovely points that Joseph Murphy made when he said, 
nurture nature and nature will nurture you. How true this is. I think that the speakers we had in the webinar showed us that with a disciplined use of the imagination and an openness to a new vision, the impossible does become possible. As Daniel Vahl said, every action, every breath we take, every thought we have counts because it changes everything. There you are. Thank you, Simon. All right, so uh, Steve, are you there? I am here, can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully. Good. How lovely to have heard, to first of all have participated in this Goodwill Meditation and then heard these two wonderful reflections as well as your thoughts, um, Michael. In, in a way it emphasizes the fact that we, we're talking about what is called a seminar and yet seminar is the wrong, it seems to me, is the wrong word because seminar suggests some academic discussion about ideas or observations with different opinions. Whereas the reality of the work that was done on November the 6th was to build a group field of thought that actually radiates qualities and energizes ideas at the heart of what we might think of as the goodwill in the world. Um, and all of this was done by looking at the way in which imagination and social regeneration are alive and being practiced in our world today at this time. Um, and sort of through meditation, through visualization and through the talks, to have a group collective shining a light on those radiations, those ideas. One of the inspiring things um, that through the all three events for me was getting a sense of the variety and depth of the work that's being undertaken by servers to respond with full imagination and deep thought, as Simon said, about the ways of bringing goodwill into all fields of social relations. I really don't believe that there's any time in human history when these ideas of the imagination and the way in which that can impact social relations has been as strongly present through the New World Service as it is today. One of the thoughts that echoed through all the discussions and sharings is that the need in our materialistic age to build a sense of belonging and of companionship into every area of social relations. It's an unusual focus that I've hardly ever heard before, but it was exemplified in the work that we did and particularly I thought in the London visualization um, when the group considered the word of companionship and in silence just imagining that word echoing through every area of human relationship in our world today, imagining the impact this is having and that it can be expected to have in the future. The, in New York, um, there were the two sort of invited guests who spoke present rather like in um, Geneva, two approaches to the deepening relationship 
um, the deepening of human relationships using the imagination. One centered slightly more on the individual and the other slightly more on the collective. Um, Leah Walker spoke about biography work um, that responds to the despair and the materialistic spirit in the collective by offering tools and techniques for new ways of being together. Social regeneration in, from Leah's perspective and the light she held on that grows out of interpersonal relations. That's the heart of the rebuilding and regeneration of social relations. And drawing on Rudolf Steiner's work, biography work, um, offers ways for individuals and groups to share understandings about themselves, deep understandings, and about their biography, their life story, and to share in ways that lead to direct experience for each participant of the wisdom of the human being. We might say in, from the esoteric tradition of world goodwill and the, in the light of the goodwill meditation that, these, that biography work is a designed structure for interpersonal relationships that evokes the sense of the soul and then shares that sense in a relationship exercise. And one of the great things about um, Leah's presentation was we actually participated in an experiment. We broke up into small groups and um, Leah led us through an experience of imagining a doorway and sensing someone who's played a key role in our life, particularly in a life of service, coming through that doorway. Um, and then sharing with the others, with a small group of others, about that person, the impact they've had, but also describing that person and seeking to capture something of the spirit of that person. It's a really interesting way to shine a light on group unity as it's reflected in, can be reflected in interpersonal relationships. Then Leah's work was balanced with May East, who's a good long-term friend of World Goodwill um, and been involved in many areas of rather like um, Kosher, who spoke from Geneva. She's, Leah's, um, May's been very involved with the Global Eco Village Network, but also with Gaia Education and other many other initiatives. Um, she's well-established, influential writer through for the um, through the major newspaper in, in Scotland. Um, and she led us into a reflection on community relations, maximizing the edges between social and ecological systems towards regeneration. And she spoke about, she spoke really on behalf of and about the significant number of people of goodwill who are engaged in designing a transition in human relations, practical designing of ways in which the imagination can be used in community situations to redesign human relations. And using ecological systems as a model for thinking about social regeneration. So this is, as Simon spoke of in London, 
and also from Geneva, drawing on the model of nature and the natural world to then apply that model to an understanding of human relations. And in May's talk, she focused on edge work and those edge places where two ecosystems meet and the, um, that those are the spaces where there's a maximizing of diversity and creativity and the appearance of new life forms. And in social regeneration work that May is involved with, this is exploring how that edge work applies in human relationships, where human cultures meet um, and where at the edge where there's a true interface is where the real creativity of social regeneration is taking place. And in a way, one way of thinking about this is to think of the partisanship um, that's so much a part of um, current human relations. And it's a different approach that sees, instead of focusing on the partisanship, focusing how the interchange between two fields Daniel Weil also spoke, spoke about this, spoke of this in the Americas, for example, between the rural and the urban um, in social relations, how that edge is the place where people of goodwill can shine a light on where signs of goodwill are present there. So instead of focusing on one side or the other, seeing where life is growing and where something new is taking place and occurring. So it was a very rich um, and valuable discussion in New York and really focused in on the energies of behind these ideas that are coming to being brought into incarnation by people of goodwill. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Steve. Uh, so if... Um Minsa and Simon would like to turn their videos back on. There we go. And um, we can have a time now for a discussion with the participants. If anybody has any comments they'd like to share, uh, maybe any questions they'd like to pose, please uh, feel free to do so. You can raise your hand by either going to the reactions icon the bottom of your Zoom toolbar, clicking raise hand, or maybe for some of you, it will be on your participants screen uh, as well. Michael, normally I'm not very good at the chat, but this time I did see one and I just want to react on that. It's from David Trice. Is there a way that the Goodwill seminar can be given every week as the triangles meeting is every Monday? The answer is also given in the question. Perhaps it is a matter of manpower for loses trust. <laughs> and I think that is a bit the answer to the question. We would love to, but I think we're already happy that we can keep the rhythm of one webinar a month. It doesn't mean that we do and uh, encourage people to do the World Goodwill Meditation each week, of course, on, on Wednesday. I actually think there's a, there's a, as well as that, means that's true. Partly it's a manpower question, but I also think that it's, like the World of Will Seminar is an annual event. That means that the energy that goes into that event is 
significant. It's a major part of the life, not just of headquarters, but of those who practice the goodwill meditation, who those who love the goodwill work. Therefore, it's able to establish a point of tension as an annual rhythm, um, which would not be possible in a weekly rhythm. The other thing is that say the good if you look at the goodwill meditation group because i understand david i understand your question i think it's a it's a great point it's a question to me of um establishing a rhythm and a monthly rhythm is different from a weekly rhythm um because a monthly rhythm of the goodwill meditation group also asks the participants to please, on your own initiative, observe the weekly rhythm of the Goodwill Meditation Group. So it asks for, it invites the will of the participants to do that weekly work of the Wednesday meditation without some external thing of joining a webinar. And then when we come into the webinar every month, we bring with it our like the fact that we have engaged every week in this meditation for those who do that. And I, I find personally, it's a very different experience meditating on a webinar versus on my own. Um, both are, both have, for me, have been very insightful and I've gained deeper understanding of, of that meditation and of the goodwill work by, by undertaking both approaches. And so I know not everybody here may not be a meditator, you know, that may, that may not be something that you're used to doing is meditating on your own, but, um, you know, we really do invite you to, to just take the plunge and, and just try that out. If you, if you haven't really done a lot of uh, focused meditation work before, um, and it can be, difficult at first, but the whole idea is that you do establish a rhythm and then it gets easier in time. Um, Michael Rosemary has her hand raised. That's where I don't see that actually. It was raised, but it has gone. Oh. <laughs> so maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. Well, Rosemary, if you want to speak, just raise your hand again and then we'll unmute. You don't want to put you on the spot. Um, Clint Galvin writes, Minsa mentioned the traumas that continue in Europe from the world wars. What are those traumas? Are we in danger of not learning the lessons of the past and therefore repeating them? I believe the Tibetan referred to that danger in some way. Well, about the last part of the question, there's always a danger that we don't learn the lessons fast enough, and that, but we do learn. And that risk is always there, and it's not to me to say whether we do learn or not of the world war. The traumas, um, well, there are simple things. I mean, uh, my parents have have, have witnessed the the, the 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 Second World War, and they have suffered hunger and things like that. And I'm educated that when we eat and we have our meal, we eat our full dish we eat till the end, till it is totally empty, because that was part of their experience of the, of the world war. And other secularization, now I won't say that that is a trauma, 
But there are other things which they probably never talked about. I know my, my father, he would never talk about the war, even though he was, I, I know that later on in the, in the, how is it called in English, the resistance and things like that, but he couldn't talk about it. So that has never been resolved. And I'm pretty sure there are many other peoples and those kind of things, if you don't focus on them, they continue. And um, we know individual traumas. I, I know, I think psychologists know a lot about that, but collective traumas is a rather new concept. And it is good that the focus is on that just to solve those things in, in a collective way too. I think rather interestingly, the one of the big traumas from the war was the division of Europe into East and West. True. And that trauma is persisting. We had a very interesting experience. We had two East German girls staying with us and we took them to Cambridge round King's College Chapel. And one of them was looking at the Rubens painting behind the altar, the altar showing the adoration of the Magi with the three kings coming with their gifts to the infant Jesus. And one of these East German girls said, it's a, such a lovely painting, but what is the baby doing in it? And <laughs> under their education system, the whole of the Christian myth had disappeared. They didn't know the stories. And to me, that is an enforced trauma, um, a sort of a dimension that had been expunged from a collective experience of life. That's a good example. Rosemary, Michael. Yes, I see Rosemary's hand is now up. Uh, Rosemary, go ahead and unmute yourself when you can, and then you can share. So, Rosemary, I should have prompted you to unmute yourself. And so, you, sorry, there we I go. thought you were in charge of that. No, uh, there we in go. Where I am living, we have refugees, traumatized refugees from many countries, political and war. Um, Syrians, Afghans, Hong Kong, which is political, but also people have died in their fight for freedom. And the people who come forward frequently to help are those who have come from traumatized countries or backgrounds themselves, who know what it's like. Uh, people who have lost everything. We do not recognize or understand that people who come here come with nothing and they're put into places where we assess whether they can stay. They have no, they came in the clothes they stood up in. They haven't got their books, their sewing things, their toys or anything, whatever their age. Trauma is something which can be recognized in the now, but it's also existing in my parents' generation and therefore in my generation. My uncle didn't talk about the war. Uh, I remember the bombs, and when we have loud aircraft go over here from a local air station, I am in the cupboard under the stairs where I was as a child when bombers came over. This is still present in us, whether we're conscious of it or not, because I'm working with refugees at the moment. I'm very conscious of it because I recognize the shock. 
So um, a lot of good in as much as sharing is happening. We've got a centre where people from nine or ten levels of refugee, different countries, are all getting together, women sharing, uh, which, is, which is brilliant. Um, so, yes, it's happening, but what I distress by is that where we put the money, we're not putting it to the right places. A hundred million on a bomber that goes in the sea, they're manufacturing 25 more, hundred million each. When a hundred million would feed the starving children in Afghanistan, would put the water and the medicine required in Africa. When are we going to get our priorities right and look at how to retrain from arms to plowshares as opposed to from plowshares to arms, the people who work in the arms industry. I'll shut up now. <laughs> no, Rosemary, that was um, that was really wonderful. Thank you for that. The, I was thinking, listening to you, a um, couple of things. First of all, in the mantra of unification, let pain bring due reward of light and love. And to me, in a way, this addressing pockets of pain. The, the Pocket Project, its name is based on the pockets of pain that each one of us and each collective, each culture, hides hidden. And so to me what Thomas Hubel's work and what the Pocket Project um, sort of symbolizes is the fact that almost for the first time we're starting to human communities are starting to consciously focus on bringing to light these hidden um, pockets of pain, to lift them up so that um, pain can be healed. And of course, listening to you, um, Rosemary, about thinking of the refugee groups and all the networks that um, in host countries host those refugees and then thinking about the growth that takes place, the social regeneration that takes place in each one of those experiments. So in each city, whether it's in US or in UK or, or in Bali, wherever it is in the world, those, those individuals and families involved both as hosts and as refugees, this is a life experience that will be transforming. And of course it brings with it pain and suffering, but also there you can sometimes see goodwill just flourishing, in which case it's a positive um, uh, thing in spite of the pain. Well, I think it's about time to wrap up. If anybody has any closing thoughts, if not, we'll just end with a moment of silence. So anything to add? Um, Steve, Mensa, Simon? No? Okay. Let's just have a moment of silence leaking up with the group.
Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Farewell. <laughs>